episode of Oconus, Contract of Life. I'm your host, John Dresser. My guest today is Giuseppe Guilante. I hope I didn't butcher that name. Um, he and I worked together in the past. He, we're talking today via Skype. He is in Italy. He is an Italian native, uh, former member of the Italian Navy, and a private security contractor. Giuseppe, my friend, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Good evening to all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually morning over here <laughs> right oh, now. Yes. It's evening you where are. you're at. <laughs> I'm sorry. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, it's all good. America. Yeah, we're coming up on the afternoon. In certain parts of America, it is afternoon. Um, and depending on when people are listening, it might even be evening now. But uh, right. So, hey, Giuseppe, um, you and I know each other. We worked together. Well, we didn't actually work together, but we worked at the same place, uh, different companies, uh, separate contracts. But uh, we did get to know each other over in Iraq, in Baghdad, and uh, just wanted to throw that out for anybody that's wondering, because um, oftentimes there is a connection somehow. But with that said, Giuseppe, um, can you brief people, uh, briefly tell them uh, your 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 background and uh, what you did prior to becoming a private security contractor? Yes, uh, my background goes back uh, actually to 1992. I started with, uh, as you said, uh, with the Navy, actually Navy College. So I did a couple of years uh, with the Navy College with a couple of specialties and then uh, a couple of years of duty, active duty. After that, I discharged voluntary and I started my path in the civilian side and I started to be myself with uh, all the gap that I had because uh, I did just uh, four years of uh, military career and then uh, so I started getting training studying by myself uh, and uh, stuff like this and I built pretty well I believe myself till uh, I got uh, in 2004, my first deployment in Iraq, and from there till 2015. Okay, I, so you got your first. So you were you started your private security contracting in 2004, and prior to that, uh, prior to that earlier in the 1990s, you were in the Italian Navy and you went to the college. Now, so were you an Italian naval officer or were you enlisted? Giuseppe? Yes. Okay, I hear you now. So when you were when you were going to to the college in the Italian Navy, were you enlisted or were you officer? Enlisted. No commissioned officer. Okay. So uh, so you so when you got out, you did some other stuff. What was it? What was there an event or something you saw or did or something somebody said to you that that you decided you wanted to be a private security contractor? No, no, no. Actually, I discovered uh, along the way the private security con contractor uh, work or however uh, opportunity. I just discovered along the way. And the first time I had the chance was, uh, as I said, uh, by the 2004 uh, getting deployed in Iraq. Even if, even if in the 
1999, I just touched base with the foreign legion, the French legion. And then I decided not to stay, but uh, to just to watch around, to build myself, to build my, you know, experience, open the mind, open my mind. And uh, I preferred to do by myself and uh, growing and growing and growing. Right. Now, so you so you did a stint or you did some time with the French Foreign Legion. Um, how, how long were you how long were you a part of that? No, no, just a very short time, just a very the very beginning until I asked to to keep uh, to keep an open window if it was possible. They have been pretty nice. They, they like um, I just they appreciated my 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 transparency, my my speaking, and they said, okay, find your way. If you like, the door is always is always open for people like you. That was mm. pretty that was pretty nice, and uh, then I decided, as I said, to 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 build myself uh, just uh, watching around and just studying however because it's very important studying for this kind of job and uh, so I went to the United States I went in Israel then I came back in Italy I started working uh, small work with small uh, jobs uh, to big to more uh, to more important jobs till, as I said, my first deployment in 2004 in uh, overseas, like in Iraq, in the Middle East, for example. In- okay. So now, uh, so the companies you've worked for um, overseas uh, in the Middle East, have, now have you, have, have all of your jobs as a private security contractor outside of Italy, have they all been in the Middle East? Yes, mostly, mostly of that, yes. Then, however, I would like to say that uh, I have been uh, I've been lucky, I've been blessed because I had the opportunity to to build a very well-rounded uh, operator myself. Like, uh, okay, most of the experience, uh, my 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 core is about, uh, for example, PSD, personal security detail. But, however, I had the chance to work uh, in the maritime security, coordinating, uh, like in a ERT or QRF teams, team leader, uh, which means uh, emergency response team, quick reaction or quick, uh, okay, quick reaction force, and uh, as uh, site security supervisor. So... I had the chance to get to become a well-rounded operator. Mm. Very good. Which, yeah, yeah, it is. It right. is. It is. You can bring. You can bring on the table, and you can bring to your team. You can bring to the company a better operator, I believe, because however you are, you know, you have better knowledge, more knowledge, uh, and uh, also, for example, working even in Italy or in Europe, Germany, Swiss. Uh, as a security chauffeur or security and safety manager. And uh, mm. so, you know, which means about the courtesy also, which is, which is pretty important. And we kept, even in Iraq, 
which was pretty, you know, pretty, pretty tough. We still kept courtesy, and can you see what mean? Uh, what means uh, keep courtesy, or for example, the use of uh, minimum necessary force uh, rather than uh, other things in Iraq. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty nice, pretty interesting, and pretty, yeah. Okay, so now. In Iraq, now you've worked on uh, numerous contracts for various companies, um, some of them American companies even, or maybe even most of them have been. Uh, the one that you were working for at the time you, you and I met happened to be an American company. Um, with In your experiences working for the various companies, uh, just generally speaking, nothing specific, um, has it been your experience that, uh, working – because I've worked for uh, – British companies as well in, in security over there. And, uh, you know, there is a difference in culture and uh, one thing or another. Uh, but in your experiences, working for the various companies, which which was your favorite? Did you prefer working for the American companies or the or the British companies, Italian companies? I mean, was there a favorite? Yes, there are. Uh, there is a favorite, which is uh, not because you are or I am speaking, just we as company. Frankly, I like uh, I like uh, the approach. Sometimes holistic, till uh, yeah, holistic approach. But however, uh, yes, U.S. company. I learned a lot. I learned about uh, protocols, procedures, uh, workplace environment, uh, maintaining. I like it about ethics. No, no, I I can say U.S. company definitely, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I will say is that, uh, and, and I'm, it sounds like your experiences are the same as mine were in regards to what we're talking about, because uh, you mentioned processes. And uh, that is something that um, doesn't get brought up a lot. But, they're, but American private security companies tend to be very process um, oriented and driven. Um, collectively, we call it the TTPs. But yeah, the yeah. processes. Yeah, they they've got that down pretty well, don't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Technical, tactical procedures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, really, really, really fantastic. I believe. Yeah, they they learn lessons. You actually, because you are a U.S. Uh, guy, so you learn very well the lessons and you process and you. Yeah, very nice. Right. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and I think once once before you and I were talking maybe a couple times. Um, the term came up after action review or after action report. Um, I know that U.S. entities, both private and public, are not the only ones that do such a thing. But the after action review, after action reports, um, at least on the American side, tend to be uh, uh, very specific, very detail oriented. And um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you learn quite a bit from that. Uh, yeah. So it. In, in your travels in Iraq now, you've worked both north, south. I mean, you've pretty much worked all over Iraq. Is that correct? Yes, is that correct? Uh, but let's say let's say middle north so far. Okay, so most of your experience has been, say, from what Baghdad north. Yep. Okay, so in your in your travels there and your time and your experiences, uh, was was there a project or contract or town? <laughs> or all of it that you really, really liked uh, versus one that you really, really didn't like and why, if, if, you, if you can talk about it. 
Yes, I can talk about it. I can tell you. Okay, the the most. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes guys can't talk about it, you know, or, or or for whatever reason, emotionally, they just don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, understand brother. But you know, we are uh, we are kind of people that uh, we talk a lot sometimes, and we say nothing. <laughs> so I can talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> talk a lot and say nothing yeah that's funny <laughs> okay so um okay yeah so so which which was your favorite which was your least favorite in terms of your experience the town the the project whatever yeah yes i can tell you uh, for sure has been a surprise has been a surprise working for a fantastic pro- a couple of fantastic projects especially one which was the lautaf law and order task force at the time i was deployed with uh, i was engaged uh, with the uh, eodt eod technology company the us company and there's been a pretty there was a fantastic uh, a great leader a country project manager and uh, very 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 good uh, very good person so leadership was uh, fantastic was great was uh, yeah i learned a lot and uh, the project the program itself was uh, loved by the locals and was uh, so useful also for the country and was also very interesting lot of agencies and other stuff involved in and uh, yeah it's been very interesting very interesting uh, program there was no, that, was that real quick was that the one that um, you worked on in Baghdad where you and I met yes sir okay Correct. yeah and so that guy you're talking about was I think the first time I met him was when you and I were in the gym although and because I remember meeting him in the gym a couple times in other places too but he was a very tall, very big guy, right? Yeah, very freaking big yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, he was Listen. he was physically imposing. <laughs> yeah, mean, like, yeah, Whoa. Freak, yeah, freaking so. But believe me, not only physically, but also mentally. And uh, was a former, however, commander in the Green Berets, and uh, he is still uh, active. Hmm. And act not in Green Beret, but still, still active in the security industry business. And hmm. uh, let me say that uh, even if he was so big, was uh, I am a fast guy. He was uh, even faster than freaking me. It's uh, wow. unbelievable. Yeah, that it's is, that's, a, that's impressive. Frust- frustrating, yeah, impressive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, for for guys as big as he was, that that is impressive. Because uh, yeah. you, you t- they typically don't. I mean, I've met some very tall, very big guys that that are quick and fast, but it's not the. It's not. That's almost a rarity, um, you know. But yeah. So anyway, that's interesting. Uh, speaking no, I, of Jim, you're. Let's yeah. let's tell people you have the moniker. I give you the <laughs> moniker. Two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I copy. Which I, I think you it. said is now one finger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so for the people that are listening, uh, that was because I don't remember how it was, but you and I were working out, and I saw you doing two finger push ups or and then two finger pull ups, and it's like what the heck? <laughs> so so that so I mean that that was pretty impressive to see you do as many pull ups and push ups as you did with the fingers. And it's like that was crazy. You still do that though, right? 
Yep, I do. Come on. Do you remember also? <laughs> do you, Do you remember also about Philly, Philadelphia, the Italian stadium? Yes, Rocky Balboa. <laughs> yeah, come on. I am Italian, Italian. <laughs> right. I mean that that's pretty, you know. But I I mean it was it was it was really amazing to actually see somebody do it. Uh, I mean because you know in in this industry we talk about fitness. And, and fitness can uh, mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But fitness for, for us in our industry, for the guys that take it seriously and the professionals in it that, that stay with it and, and uh, move up the ladder, I mean, fitness takes on a whole different form. I mean, not only your stamina, your strength, your endurance, all of it. And, and it's constantly yeah. pushing the boundaries, always trying to get to the next step and the next level. You're never satisfied, right? Yeah, can be like you say. Yeah, like you say. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So, so now that we got off on that little tangent, so back to your least favorite project or least favorite area in Iraq, um, or experience with it. Okay, the favorite area, probably Al Mansur, but just only because I had the chance to, to to know better that area. Uh, earlier, I couldn't because, however, the threat was too high and, however, uh, we had to stay stick to the client's, uh, to the client's lodging, uh, to the client's, however, uh, living uh, environment, just in case, you know, in case uh, attacks, uh, extraction, evacuation, uh, stuff like this. So we couldn't... Uh, literally leave the compound etc etc so, so you said Al uh that district area up there neighborhood uh, you said that was your least favorite or your favorite no probably was uh, my favorite but as I said just because I had the chance to know a little bit uh, better than native okay you know so, okay so it was it was one of your favorites now then yeah. that now the, the district the neighborhood you're talking about uh, and in the Middle East, and it's probably the same like a lot in uh, Western Europe, but uh, they, they break them down to districts or neighborhoods. We call them neighborhoods sometimes, but they're really districts. Uh, yep. That district, uh, for the folks that have heard the terms green zone, green zone, red zone, uh, Al-Mansur was at that time in what, the red zone or the green zone? No, red zone. Oh, actually, I have been always in uh, only red zone, never in uh, green zone, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately yeah. yeah because however you know sometimes it's nice having comfort and uh, you know quiet places but uh, you know <laughs> right so so for the folks that are listening um can you from your experience can you describe to them what is the difference between the red zone and the green zone uh nice question uh differences between red zone and green zone can be that uh, for example in red zone for my experience you know you take care of your surroundings which means uh, maybe the company and yourself however and your your team uh, your your team or your people you work with with, uh, you take care of the, for example, counter surveillance and uh, things happen uh, in the surroundings, etc., uh, etc. Et so uh, in, instead, uh, in the green zone, 
is already pretty cleared. Uh, many filters, so many, you know, about the onions, so the rings, etc., etc. So it's pretty, is surely is more safe actually. Uh, it's more, right. Uh, it's more monitored. Uh, just cleared. Let's say cleared. So it's already cleared. People are uh, are engaged to clear the area, to clear the so might be this is the difference so the green okay so now typically uh when people like in movies or whatnot think of it the green zone for example would be what was then i don't know if it is now i've heard rumors used to be what we call the international zone and uh what for a time was called vbc or the victory base complex those two areas were considered green zones once you got inside the walls correct Correct. International zone, the uh, no known as IZ, as you said, and yes, you're right. These two areas, they were, yeah. They were they were they were relatively speaking highly fortified, um, and a lot of people there, a lot of support. And outside that area is what we typically call the red zone, and that was when there was very little support. It was just whoever you were with, and that was pretty much it. Correct. Correct. But yeah. whether, don't take don't take a mistake. Sometimes, obviously, your guard is uh, lower <laughs> because you are just in green zone. But uh, whether rockets are still coming, incoming. Right. So sometimes, you know, it's a tricky it's a tricky issue. But however, surely, right. surely, green zone obviously is more uh, is a better comfort comfort zone for sure. Right. There's there's a lot more support there, and um, but you're right uh, on bases. Uh, and inside those green zone areas, uh, you're right. You still had to keep your guard up and look over your shoulder periodically. Just you know, be aware of what's going on because incidences did occur on these bases, and um, then the indirect fire that you're talking about, like the mortars and the rockets and stuff like that, that, that came in. So you weren't safe. You were just safer, or not. <laughs> it wasn't as urgent. Yes. You're right, correct. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So now you worked up in northern Iraq as well. Um, wh- where in northern Iraq did you work? Because uh, you were telling me once uh, about some place you were in northern Iraq near the border at one point. Yeah, probably you speak about, okay, I started in 2004, uh, for example, based in Tikrit. And then from there, however, traveling uh, a traveling means uh, that maybe surely you were uh, staying overnight and maybe a couple of days also. So like in Mosul, which was, for example, in 2004, uh, freaking, a freaking nightmare sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple of points, they were uh, freaking a nightmare. Every time, every time something, especially some rocket like RPGs, uh, stuff like this, but however... Uh, Mosul, Beiji, uh, and sometimes Daku, as you said, in the border. And uh, yeah, this place is still okay. Baghdad. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so for the folks that are listening, that background noise that they're hearing, uh, you, we, I won't give away the town or, or where you live unless you want to, because for you know personal security, I don't want that to be an issue. But what they're hearing is the birds in the background, the church bells, and the public transportation. Am I correct? 
Yes, sir. Like a <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely services. area. You've sh- I mean, I've seen it on the videos when we're on Skype, and, and I've looked on the maps. It's a lovely area. I'd love to visit. But uh, just for people listening, that's what the, that's what the noises are. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the easy. <laughs> it's, it's all good. I just wanted to clarify that for anybody that's going, what the heck? Um, <laughs> mm. Okay, so, so – you know, you, know, you know what, Saska? Sorry if I, if I, sorry, I interrupt you. I am just uh, speaking with uh, a fantastic person, which you are, because however you have been, uh, you have had a fantastic empathy in the in the time we have met, and I was uh, glad in uh, in uh, speak, speaking with you, talking with you, sharing sometimes uh, in the in the gym, uh, you know our training program. Uh, and then now I am in the balcony with a fantastic view, mm. uh, the gold gulf of uh, where I live. Uh, there is almost a sunset, uh, so a green in front of me also, <laughs> other than the sea. So this is a fantastic moment. And also talking uh, in your podcast uh, to your folk. Uh, so well, thank, thank you. Thank you. It, it's a. Uh... It, it is mutual, mutually reciprocated here uh, at both ends. I feel the same way about you. Um, and, you know, and that's something that, uh, that that some folks may or may not know, but there is a, a, a bond or brotherhood that does develop uh, in our industry as we and uh, we we don't often keep in touch, but we try to. And, uh, you know, uh, your yours is one of them that we've kind of kept in touch over the years. Um, but recently we've, uh, been keeping in touch more often. And that's something I've been trying to do with a lot of guys that I've met, um, because it's easy to become separated and, uh, you know, feel like you're out there on your own by yourself all the time. So, uh, this is something that I try to do with everybody that I've met, um, because, you know, deep down inside, you can kind of hear it in their voice. <laughs> so, so things have changed a lot, um, in, in private security contracting. When you first got in, you and I talked once before and, uh, you know, things were different, just even little things like the vehicles that you drove then versus the vehicles that you're equipped with now. Um, things were a little bit different about you. You, uh, you were driving around in soft skinned vehicles, correct? Yes. Correct. In 2004. Yeah. yeah. No armor protection, no bulletproof glass, nothing like that. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and but nowadays, um, for the most part, I mean, there's times when, when you're driving. I remember even times driving around in, in unprotected vehicles. But uh, but for the most part, these days, when you're driving around, I mean, you, you feel pretty safe when you're driving. I mean, as safe as you can because you, you've got a you got a well-built vehicle when you're driving around now. Is that correct? Yes. Late, you mean about uh, later, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Later, yeah. As, as things have gone on, yeah. And that didn't really come into play until, what, about 2007, 2008 is when we saw a lot of that stuff coming. I mean, people were guys, – guys were doing it in 2005, but they were doing it themselves. They were going out and getting steel plates and putting them inside the door, literally inside yeah. the door. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. But, but, I mean, but that's what you had to do. Um, you know, kind of like, uh, you know uh, – putting them on the, uh, like if guys were in pickup trucks, you know, they put a steel plate, um, you know, around the gunner. It was in the, uh, the bed of the yeah. vehicle. So, but these days, uh, the vehicles are much better protected and you can, uh, put, uh, the pedal to the metal and, uh, drive through, uh, pretty much unscathed that something happens, but you've been in, ex- you've had an experience that you told me about, uh, recently, uh, where 
in the early days, 2004 or five, you had you came under an ambush. Um, do you want to you want to recollect that briefly for the people that are listening? Yes, that was 2007 actually, and okay. uh, yeah, 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 it was a pretty nice ambush, very nice. Chapeau to the coordinator of the ambush, and mm. uh, yes, uh, actually, after we were waiting three days before leaving uh, the starting point uh, to go back to Baghdad. From the, I can tell you also where uh, Anaconda camp. From there, we had to go back to Baghdad. That was a convoy mission, uh, 30 trucks plus a bobtail. And we were, uh, I don't remember actually if three or four security vehicles. Uh, one of them was a regular armored vehicle. The other, they were improvised, Tahoe improvised with the gun tower. And... Uh, yeah, we have been uh, at the end uh, after uh, waiting for the right moment to start our mission and to get back. We got uh, in Baghdad, actually, and uh, we got under ambush. We got splitted by a sniper. Uh, yep. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty bad ambush and uh, well-coordinated, as I said. Uh, at that time, we have put, uh, have put uh, on some pretty good procedures. So under stress, uh, we realized that, that we were working very well. Team leader and the medic uh, taking care of the truck driver who has been uh, wounded by the sniper. The sniper. And uh, the rest of the people... Uh, uh, actually checking the area, the surrounding areas, and someone else, uh, including me, uh, ensuring the safety for the truck drivers, civilians, and uh, making, uh, as I said, I think, uh, with you, a kind of a box, which means, uh, yeah, like uh, a... A safe, uh, a safe box, a safe area, a safe small area using uh, the trucks themselves plus the security vehicles. And uh, yes, at the end of the story, we asked for support. Militaries, they came uh, by two choppers plus one uh, ground convoy. They literally actually saved us. And uh, they they cleared the area, and we were able to leave. So, and uh, we. Hey, Giuseppe, yeah. I'm sorry, I, you you blanked out for about ten seconds there. Can you back up just about ten seconds? You uh, it faded out about the point where you were talking about that the military had come and Are saved you, you guys. Yes, can yeah, you hear I'm me? So, I'm sorry. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so we just, we lost up. So just as you were talking about the helicopters and the military ground convoy came to clear it out, that's where we lost yeah. it. Yeah, actually, they actually they just literally saved us more than support, just saved, because they just opening uh, a, safe, uh, a safe loop for us 
to evacuate the red zone. And uh, so has been uh, yeah has been pretty tricky and uh, pretty. But however, I can tell you that I learned a lot from that ambush, and uh, I appreciate a lot also the techniques they used. Pretty nice, pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you know the, in, in Iraq, uh, that's you know what you talk about. Uh, and when you get in the big in the in the bigger towns and bigger cities, there's there's plenty of roads. But there comes a point at which when you're going from from the place that you're leaving to the place to your point of arrival uh, from point A to point B, at some point everything narrows down and there's only so many ways you can get in and out. And even with all the and, and intelligence, you know, all the intelligence that you might gather, um, whether it's from the military or some intelligence firm or somebody on the ground that you that, that, that's helping you out. Uh, but there's only so much you can do. Um you know, other than varying times, you can vary routes. Um, so at, at some point, um, when you're driving around out there, uh, especially when you're out in the open on the highways, I mean, you, that's pretty much it. If they know you're coming, um, there's mm-hmm. not an awful lot you can do, is there? I mean, you, you, I mean, you're pretty constricted. It's either full reverse out or or punch it and keep going. Um, but you never leave a you never to the to the extent you can you don't leave those people behind. Um, um, but there were times when you had to. And so can you speak to that? I mean, did you ever have an operation where you had where because the, the intensity was so great and there were so many people, uh, you had to keep going? Yes. Uh, yeah, you touched a pretty nice, uh, interesting, uh, yeah, uh, yeah point. Uh, let me say uh, interesting question. Wow, <laughs> what a, what well, a question! I mean, I mean, it just yeah. I'm just saying that, that you know, aside from all the other stuff, I mean, the, the, but there are times when you can't stop and fight, and you can't, and for 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 a variety of reasons, you, you got to keep going. You got to keep the convoy moving. You can't stop and help that guy out. Is that correct? I mean that yeah. that happens. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely, it is. And that's got to be that's got to be heart wrenching for you to know you're looking over your shoulder or looking in the mirror and seeing that vehicle back there, and there's nothing you can do about it. You got to keep going. That's got to be tough, right? Yeah, it is pretty pretty tough. Yeah, but however, uh, actually, you know, uh, we when we, when we start to work and when we start a mission, uh, we. S- Basically, most of most of us, as you know, actually, uh, we have uh, we build our mindset and we know what we are doing. We know the procedures, we know the plans, we know the SOPs, etc., etc. And we know that sometimes, pers- about some kind of mission, we have to give uh, totally priority to the client or to the to the product pro, protect protected people people sorry and uh, so sometimes can happen what you said and we are fully aware about so for sure we do not complain about that and we try however to do our best so about especially communication if something like that uh, happen, we communicate very, very 
very clearly and uh, we try also to give the best support we can. Also, to me, happened that uh, I have been, uh, I have been, let's say, no, I, we, you cannot say left behind because you cannot say that. Uh, but I have been, uh, you know, in the in the rear line, so under uh, an ambush, and uh, I can tell uh, you are okay with that because you know that if they stop. You are sad about that. You are, you know, you are uncomfortable about that, about that because you know that they are they are not doing what they have to do, and the mission can be compromised. So, right. So that is uh, some of the, you know, that is the game, and that is okay about is okay because whether it is a mission, there are priorities, there is a plan, and we know what we are doing and we know that the mission must go like that right right because because yeah. you, you, your primary mission is to get that package whatever number of vehicles it consists whatever they're hauling or carrying from point a to point b and to the extent you can you're going to protect everybody but at some point you realize you know we if we stay here any longer we're going to lose more vehicles and more supplies so we need to keep going um and in, and then when that happens uh, what you know? I mean, as you're as you're driving away, you're communicating with somebody so that hopefully some friendly forces can go back there and help, you know, help help the person or people that have been left behind, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, as I can tell you, uh, I have been always uh, I have been lucky or blessed, as you as you want to say. I want to say blessed. I have been always. Uh, I felt every time. Uh, observed monitored and uh, assisted so mm. even if i was you know so i can tell you that and uh, yeah okay. every time has been that there was a contingency plan so there was assistance i can tell you that right okay so uh, back, back a little bit to um living in the red zone and, the, and where i'm going with that is that you talked about um and it's been brought up before what we call um, habitation or MWR or support. So for little things like when you're when you're staying on a base um, or in a green zone area, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You got the the child halls or what we call defacts. You've got MWR facilities, movies, shops to go to. You got gyms. You got all kinds of things you can do relatively safely. So when you're out there in the red zone, you don't have access to an awful lot of stuff. Um, can you describe, can you go into a little bit of detail, the, the differences in terms of what it's like to live, what you don't have and what you do have when you're outside, um, the green zone area, you know, like you don't have TV, maybe you do, maybe you don't, you don't have radio. What do you do for gyms and, and exercise? What do you do for entertainment? <laughs> food. How do you get your food <laughs> Just all those things for everybody that's, that's listening that doesn't, that doesn't know? Yeah. Uh, frankly, I cannot uh, I cannot answer uh, completely to what you say because, however, I had the fortune to have uh, always uh, logistic support pretty pretty well uh, pretty good. So no problems, no issues about food. Also because, however, the locals they have been always minding and caring mm. because uh, 
Yeah, because however they, uh, most of the people I had uh, in the surrounding areas, locals, they were uh, pretty glad and happy of well, our presence. Because they felt safe with you guys around, is that correct? Yeah, they felt safe and however they, let me say, you could, uh, you, um, believe me brother, you could see in their eyes, a kind of uh, a kind of uh, light hmm. almost you know? a, yeah almost a, yeah. almost a, a human compassion they they, they didn't look uh, down at you it wasn't like they were angry or spitting at you absolutely and believe me brother that is one of the most gratification uh, reward that you have Believe right. me, they, because they help you a lot because, you know, sometimes you feel like, uh, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing, you know, you, you may, sometimes you, you get some questions to your, yourself in the night when you sleep, etc., etc. And these people, they sometimes they give, they give you answers. So it's nice. Right. <clears throat> Very nice. Very nice. Right. No, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, in it's uh, contrary to uh, popular misconception. Not every person in the Middle East hates Americans. Not Absolutely. every not every person in the in the Middle East hates Western society. No, uh, no. A lot of them are very big hearted. Uh, they're very you know they're very curious too. Very curious. Um, mm-hmm. And if you come across as a good person, uh, mm-hmm. they're Absolutely. very apt to help you out because um, they that's just the way they are. So. So whatever the stereotype is that's been put out there about those folks, that's not always the case. There are bad people, but there's bad people everywhere. Everywhere. You're right. Right. Yeah. Right. So when you were living out there in the red zone and doing your stuff, uh, you guys had exercise equipment. You guys watched movies, stuff like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We had. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Most of the times we we did. Uh, we did have, uh, except uh, in the very early years, like uh, 2004 or stuff like this, you know, when logistic had still to be, you know, uh, adjusted, mm-hmm. obviously, like also the vehicles, for example, soft or, armor, or hard vehicle, like uh, armored or not armored vehicles, for example. Right. And uh, so logistic is very important. And uh, I can tell you that... Uh, the best logistic I found was uh, coming from uh, US, as I told mm. you earlier. And uh, about uh, just uh, that is just an approach, which uh, mm. is fantastic because the, they fully understand. You fully understand that uh, uh, logistic is uh, the basic. Right. Is, um, yeah. From well, there it, you start everything. So. Right. Well, yeah, and that and yeah, that was uh, and logistics uh, took on a whole different thing there. But uh, but speaking of logistics, I mean, sometimes uh, I'm sure you experienced it as well. Sometimes the things you needed or the things you wanted, uh, but usually the things you really needed, um, you, you couldn't get through normal channels. You had to go outside, uh, you know, uh, so sure. to speak, to get what you needed. Um and that's probably something you had to do more often in the red zone than you would have to do in the green zone, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. But that yeah. is the, the that is the ability, you know. The, that is the the you know the difference, the difference between uh, a country to another to another to be able to create, however, a logistic 
about right. adapting, about adapting, about you know. That is the, the tricky, the tricky point. Like, uh, are you able in that country to create a logistic? You know. Right. So. Right. The the connections you need with the various entities to get the things you want, uh-huh. <clears throat> or, the, or the things you need. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something. He, that, he, yeah, isn't 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 uh, only matter about uh, who has more money, who has more. No, no, isn't about that. Is uh, is another issue. Is about uh, being able. Being, uh, you know, yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, you worked for a number of, of companies and entities, uh, and I think previously um, you mentioned a couple of them. One of them, one of them I remember was Dyncor. I don't remember the other entity. I mean, but you've worked for a number of entities, and I, and most of them, if not all of them, have been Amer- Not all of them have been American, but a lot of them have been. Is that correct? Yes, uh, most of them Americans, just one uh, UK, Aegis, for example. Okay. And uh, yeah, like DynCorp, like as I said, the UDT, Aegis, uh, the UK one, mm. and then uh, Saliport, for example. So, yeah. Yeah, and, there's, and, and all of those are still around, as I recall. Um, yeah. And interestingly, because probably most people think that private security contractors in the Middle East, at least during that time of that conflict uh, were probably all Americans. And that's not the case. Um, I think it was maybe mostly, if not all Americans, like on the State Department contracts, but non-State Department contracts, people from all countries were there. Australia, mm-hmm. I mean, they were all Western. Um, and we got some third country nationals, but they were they were from countries that were friendly to um, to NATO countries. So, I mean, you know, for you, example, Italy, I mean, we saw people there from France, um, you know, I mean, they're just you know, Canada. People were there everywhere working on these contracts. Um, so the mix that, of the people that you work with on these projects and these teams, I mean, they weren't all Italians. They weren't all Americans, were they? No, no, I was uh, actually always have been uh, the only Italian in the surrounding. Hmm. And then we had, uh, yeah, we had a number of Americans, but unfortunately, a small number. And then, as you said, a lot of uh, TCN, as you say, the third country nationals. Yeah. All right. Local, and however, local national, because however, I, I learned by years what the programs they were doing and rebuilding the country and giving opportunity work or job opportunities also with the local na- national. So a lot of local nationals, they were involved and in getting, uh, gaining uh, salaries. Uh, so um, having the chance to support their family, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I could understand that, you know, right. uh, day by day. Right, and that's something that I I, I forgot about, uh, especially as the time went on. There were a lot more what we call local nationals or host nationals, um, host country nationals, and host country national was the company that we were in, but we also referred to them as local nationals. Yet there were a lot more on these projects and contracts, and at first it was a little uncomfortable, but after a time you realized, you know, just like everybody else, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Sure, 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 absolutely. And, uh, and 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 I can tell you also that, uh, however, the U.S. they even uh, uh, with the sight with the goal to support the host, 
the local national, as we said. Uh, in, with, the, with this goal, sometimes they were even exposing themselves because, however, you know, you can check, right. you can control, you can monitor, but however, you know, uh, right. the risk is still, uh, is still there. But uh, the goal was also building the country, supporting the country and obviously the citizens. So right. that was the goal. And, uh, you know, you need also assuming some risk. And they did. Oh, yeah. They, they did a lot, uh, assumed a lot of risk. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think even to this day, um, <clears throat> you know, you, you remember this and I distinctly recall a number of times when um, an interpreter or translator, mm-hmm. and I'm still not mm-hmm. sure what the difference is between a translator and interpreter, but I mean, we usually <laughs> call them interpreters, right? Uh, but when, when you know, you, you were just talking to them, you know, that evening or, the, or that day, next day comes around and it's like, hey, we're so-and-so. Oh, well, they, they quit. They're not coming back. And it's like, why? Uh, because they were under great pressure. Somebody threatened them or their family or both. Uh, because they were working with or for the Americans or NATO allies. Um, and sometimes uh, you heard about it two, three days later. The reason they never came back is because they found their body or what was left of it somewhere out in the desert. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the Taliban or Al-Qaeda or some other organization out there, uh, you know. And it, yeah, so they did operate frequently at, at great peril to themselves and their family. And they knew that. But they still did what they did because... Uh, you know, in words I can't articulate very well, because they felt uh, they they felt a calling and a duty, thinking that they were doing the right thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so 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 they were a big support element for us. Uh, yeah. Especially as time went on. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you know, Scott. What I found about American forces, I found a fantastic compromise between. Having, uh, having, uh, uh, how you want to say, having, uh, sorry, uh, okay, let's say having, having uh, the power, the money, having knowledge, uh, and, uh, sorry, I, I, just a second, uh, please, uh, sorry, folks, uh, well, is a pretty is a pretty important point. However, uh, just give me a sec. Okay. Yeah, you know. So I'm just saying. I think what we're really talking about is that in our efforts, both uh, whether it was the military or private security contractors, but particularly as private security contractors, uh, we we did have uh, the support. To, to a great extent of the locals, uh, provided we treated them properly and mm-hmm. uh, and we went out of our way to help them. And and I know I tried an, on a great number of occasions to help them as best I could. And you know, Giuseppe, what was really interesting is I found even just the little things, just smiling, shaking their mm-hmm. hands, having a conversation. Uh, if you're going somewhere, bring them a case of water, uh, you know, yeah. American bottled water. Uh, or I mean, bringing they, bringing a tea to a guard working the right. night. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Those little gestures went so far. Um, what you could get and, and what you didn't have to worry about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I remember one guy in particular in Afghanistan. 
uh, me and my interpreter went out there and we were visiting him at his uh, at his uh, perimeter tower. And uh, he came down and we had some tea and talked and uh, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, uh, told us all kinds of stuff. But uh, that's yeah, what, that, that's that, that's why they like you a lot. Maybe. I mean, I don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, no, sorry, sorry. Not just because of that. Okay, but it's one, one, one of one of the aspects, you know. Right. Yeah. So, so there is. So there is. So I'm sure you, you, you had very similar experiences where you realized the that if it wasn't for the support of the local people there in the country or the region or the neighborhood you were operating, um, you probably could not have operated there with any semblance of, of safety or security you would have your life would have been a greater peril yeah brother but uh, yeah i want to say that i had uh, the fortune that i uh, i had uh, i had a good uh, example actually so you know good example or mentor is uh, very important and uh, mm-hmm. I, I have been lucky i had uh, i had the good examples and uh, good mentors or very good people uh, surrounding me also you actually I, I have to say us because i had the us so uh, and that was yeah. uh, that 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 built me a lot you know that built uh, yeah yeah well been, uh, I, i think what you're talking about and correct me if you think i'm wrong but i think what you're talking about is like when you like mentors because we we all had them over there it would be somebody no, sorry, that was sorry, in a senior Somebody in a Man. senior position, a team leader, a shift leader, whatever, a supervisor, no, a manager no. that, that liked you? Yeah, also, but I mean also mentor, sorry, I said mentor, uh, maybe improperly for a couple of aspects. Mentor, just uh, even people that I was were not were, like with you, we, were, we, we didn't work together, actually, but, but we got in touch uh, several times. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were also a good example. If I can tell you, if uh, mm. you can say that. <laughs> appreciate uh, my, hearing that. No, it's okay. <laughs> There's people no, no, here no. in my family that might t- say otherwise. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said I, I have nothing, you know, to gain uh, saying that. What I know. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate. So, no, I is. Uh, no, no. I am, as I said, uh, or my, however, my my big manager was the count, the the the, the person I was speaking uh, earlier was a very good example. And uh, other people, even even some clients, they were a very good example. Mm. I, I, I was uh, observing their bravery coming with us in mission. Sometimes, uh, you know, when they say, hey, today they will uh, ambush you, but you have to go. And they were so brave and say, okay, we go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And, well, I mean, that's, or, that's the job, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they were, uh, they were really, believe me, so, uh, they, they were humble and proud, however, carrying uh, the flag mm. uh, around uh, Baghdad, for example, the worst areas of Baghdad. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, right. yeah I, I, I had a very good example, even, even bad examples. But still, good example because, however, even a bad example is, uh, you know, if you can be sure, if you can, uh, if you can understand that, that is a bad right. example, can build you and say, okay, that is a bad example, so I will, I would not do that. Absolutely. But, but I know that you, you learn also from that. Yep. 
Oh, you do. And, and I, there were, <laughs> I won't go into specifics, but there was a con- one contract I was on in, in Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, I told this guy because he and I were, were not getting along. And and uh, he looked at me and he said, you know, uh, at your age, Scott, there's probably not a lot I can teach you. <laughs> and I thought hmm. about it for a few seconds. And I wow. said, well, and I said, well, you know, that might be correct. But, you know, I like to think you can learn anything from anything and any person even if it's what not to say and what not to do and he understood what i meant because i was because it 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 reminded me the way he was behaving and the things he was saying and the things he was engaging in that is not what i want to do (laughs) so i pointed out to a couple guys that's what i'm talking about when i say you can learn from anyone okay this is what i'm talking about in your demeanor and how to carry yourself because Every, somebody's always watching, somebody's always listening, and if you want to be a professional in this and you want to do it right, these are the things you don't want to do, okay? We can talk all day long about what to say, what to do, how to do it, when to do it, why to do it, but on the flip side of that coin, we don't talk too much about what not to say, what not to do, when to not do it, and why not to do it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. That is a uh, the, the 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 very core point of uh, uh, I I believe all your podcast is the essence of your the soul of your podcast. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you are you are one of the right people that can uh, can run a podcast like this. Oh, Let well, me say that. Let me say that. Well, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate. it. Oh, it's a pleasure. Believe it, me, it's a, it's a, <laughs> believe me, believe me, it's a pleasure. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and, and I really do truly appreciate hearing that because, uh, you know, I had a lot of doubts about, you know, whether, why and how. Um, but uh-huh. but in so many conversations with people, people like you and other guys I know, um, you know, a lot of guys are saying, wow, yeah, that's a great idea. Why, why doesn't somebody do it? Um, and, and there is a lot of positive feedback about this, and I, I really appreciate. And when I hear it from people like you, I really appreciate it um, because there there are some important stories out there to be told, to clarify some of these myths and these misconceptions and these legends that are out there. <clears throat> um, you know, so for example, I mean, guys like you, you're professionals. You don't run around out there um, looking for trouble. You know. The last thing you want to do is get. I try. I try, brother. I try. I try. (laughs) (laughs) I just try. (laughs) Well, I know you do. But I mean, but but we, you, your teams, you're not looking for trouble. You want to avoid the ambush. You want to avoid the gunfight. You don't want to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. No, no. And sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, no. And I found, I, I learned a lot about myself uh, being uh, in Iraq, being uh, under stress 24 hours uh, a day. I learned a lot and I found myself, uh, let me say, fantastic. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I have been, okay. Uh, about uh, the instinctive, the, the use of minimum necessary force. Every freaking right. time, it's been right. beautiful. Find you know, discovering that you really are like this because you cannot, uh, you cannot hide nothing when you are 24 hours a day under stress. You cannot hide nothing. 
right. you know, because uh, <laughs> the Honduras is that about a human being. And uh, I found that. So you're right. And a lot of people I found like this. Other people not, uh, as you said. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, those those myths and those stereotypes that get pushed around in movies and in books and articles that get written, um, you know, those are very, very narrow um, uh, um, points of view, very narrow um, vistas into stuff because they're taking an isolated incident and drawing yes, huge conclusions from it. And, you know, because it, and let's be yes, honest, brother. it is it is very tempting instinctively. When something's when 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 the dookie hits the fan, it's very tempting instinctively to just open up and just start firing at everything that moves. But you can't do that because <laughs> you got to get up the next day. You got to be accountable. You got to answer for it, and and you got to live with those people the next day. You got to see them the next week, and and uh, you know what? I think the professionals look at the guy and the guys that were able to get out of there. And get home, everybody in one piece, without pulling the trigger. Yes, okay. absolutely. And I believe that uh, I want to say that the the field makes it, the field is the best judge, and, I, and can tell uh, the, the the yeah the field is the, the is the best judge. And uh, also, I want to say that uh, people on field makes the difference because however in the big tables you know about who uh, politicians etc etc you know there are a lot of uh, dark side in this stuff and uh, geopolitical and stuff like this and then there are people like us on field and we make the difference I believe because you can make uh, the same things but uh, in different ways and uh, while you make something, maybe a local can love you or a local can hate you. Right. So that is the difference. And I, in the project the programs I told you about earlier, when I was with you also, for example, rather than other programs, I found the people that they were doing, I want to say humbly like me, uh, the difference on field, like uh, caring, uh, uh, love and charity, mm-hmm. and working with that, armed with that, and uh, so you make the difference. Then you you reach the you reach the the target, you reach the result that you need to reach. But uh, the way how you reach the result, I wanna say, makes the difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it, it, it's uh, sometimes would be said that uh, you know people would question me. Well, why why are you giving these people this? Why are you providing them that? Why are you taking this over there? And I said, well, it's a goodwill gesture aside from or the fact why that you they. Tra- or why you trust him? Well, yeah, well, I mean, but I'm just for me, my response was always it was a goodwill gesture, and why not? These people need it. They're working around us. They're with us. They see what we have. And if I can't even provide them or give them this little gesture, then, you know, as I said, if you want them to rise up against us, if you want them to rebel, if you want to not trust them, then don't do those things. But if you do these little things, I said, the next time you roll out of here and you don't get hit, that might just be the reason why. Mm-hmm. So, yep. 
<laughs> I mean, it just yeah. made an awful lot of sense. Even coming and going from the airports, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. people, yeah, so yeah, word, yeah. word gets around because these people know when you're coming and when you're going and who you are. And, you know, they know all that stuff. They all talk. Um, so and so as we get close to wrapping this up, uh, this episode now, you so you've been so you've been con- you've been working the private security contracting business since from 2000 overseas from 2004 to 2014. So for about 10 years, 15, right? 15, 15. OK. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but you're looking to so you've been out. You haven't been overseas in a few years, but you're, you're you were telling me that you're looking into a project that you're in consideration for. You're talking about going back. You want to go back. Yes, I would like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, can you I think I asked you this once before. Is there anything you can or say about uh, your decision or your reason why you want to go back? Yeah, I want to go back because I spent uh, more than half of my life building my building my career. I had a very good feedback about my overseas uh, deployment. And uh, I don't know, I cannot explain very well. Uh, I cannot rush, um, but however, uh, all um, this kind of, this job is a kind of, uh, also I say that I think uh, to you is a kind of vocation. So, you know, vocation is uh, a big part of uh, some people, in this case me mm-hmm. and uh, myself. And uh, so I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, is uh, a way of life. So right. this, this is my way of life, actually. Right. You, you, you found yourself in the private security contracting industry and it's a good fit for you. It's what you know and you're good at it. So you, and you went home for a few years and realized, you know what? I made a mistake. I want to go back. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, but also also yeah, I did let's say I did a mistake about the weather in this uh Okay, poor this, choice uh, of words, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's not I, a mistake. No, but whatever. No, no. Let's say even a mistake. But however, you know, everything happened for some reasons. Right. And uh, in these years, my let's say inactive about uh, private security industry years, I learned other things mm. that for sure, for sure, they will they have enriched my my knowledge, my. So I have other asset now, and for sure, if I go back. I will go back uh, even better than uh, than uh, my last deployment because uh-huh. I am more I, I I am more complete I am more I am better built. No, knowing knowing you uh, as I do, I don't doubt that for a minute. Um, you know. Uh, lastly, uh, as we close this up, what since you've been home, you've told me so, but I don't want to get it wrong. What What are you doing now um, in terms of uh, your career at home in Italy right now as you as you prepare to go back overseas? Okay, do you I want to tell the, the. I mean, do you want to tell the folks what you're doing? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Why not? You know, you were I, telling me I, with I, your brother. Yeah, I started the. Uh, I just uh, I just leaded a startup about limo services, uh, stuff like this, and still now, even if whatever uh, the COVID, uh, due to the COVID reasons, you know, for sure now 
is uh, pretty is very is very low slow sorry the, the business but however the limo service helped me a lot about uh, dealing with people different kind of people from the vips to the the most simple tourist mm. and uh, which is uh, is amazing so you can you can adjust adapt yourself you get some nice review mm-hmm. for example and uh, and uh, so is uh, is nice is nice uh, for example when i was on mission in uh, overseas you got smile because from the client or the, the protected people because uh, you 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 made you made them them safe And right. you took you took them safe to from point A to point B, and the families of the clients and the, at the end of the project they were thanking you, and saying you thank you thank you for having protected my husband, my wife, my brother, etc. etc. And that is a fantastic. They they warm you and they make you you know feel uh, good. Right, it makes everything and, worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Sorry for my English. And uh, even here, a tourist coming, a simple tourist, a VIP, etc., etc. They maybe at the end of the, at the end of the service, they thank you for having uh, provided them a nice service, safe service. And they, uh, anyway, you are, you know, you are right. is a nice reward. You you made them. Uh, You made them comfortable, and you 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 gave them uh, a nice uh, nice time. So right. it's nice, it's nice. You right. still so, serve. You still serve. However, I always <laughs> have been serving. <laughs> I always right. have been serving people. So, but it's nice. Why not? Serving well, you, is nice. It is, uh, and that's what we do. We serve people. We help them. Um, you yeah. know, it's interesting. Uh, my wife and I went on a Mediterranean cruise uh, on one of my rotations on contract, um, and we went and visited several countries, but one of them was Italy, and we visited many of the Hallmark trademark areas in, in Italy, and I can't remember all of them. It was a whirlwind tour, but, I mean, you know, Pisa, Florence, Milan, we went through them all, and uh, – Uh, we had a chauffeur, my wife and a couple friends that tagged along of hers, uh, had the four, four presents to um, get a, uh, a limousine, basically a limousine service over there. But we hired our, private, our own private chauffeur to drive us around everywhere we went. He picked us up every morning, dropped us off every night. No matter where we went, he was there. Uh, when we got out and walked around, he was somewhere. You know, if you looked hard enough, you could see him. But he was always there. And uh, I don't remember the company he worked for, but he he joked that his name was Max GPS, because and they called him Max. His name was Max, and his and they called him Max GPS because he just he didn't need a map, he didn't need a GPS, he knew where everything was. But I was very circumspect about this guy at first, but I became very comfortable with him. Uh, the guy was a total professional. And and I finally realized, you know what? I can let my guard down now um, because this guy knows wow. what he's doing. Yeah, I let my guard down and, wow. and just enjoyed myself That's because I, I realized stuff. he knew what he was doing, you know. Yeah. And and I said, well, cool. And it was a good. And when I let my guard down, it was a good thing he was there because I almost got in trouble a few times. 
heck? Because <laughs> we didn't, we went off the beaten path, you know. We went, you know, we didn't do the typical tourist thing with him. Um, but I just wanted to put that in there. So, so with that said, your limousine service that you and your brother have, uh, for the folks that are listening, if they ever go to Italy, uh, you want to tell them the name of your service and 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 how they can get a hold of you. Uh, frankly, because I keep a low profile, because, you know, I keep a really low profile, even if the clients, they can test, they, they, they can they can feel that they are safe, I can tell you that, because for sure is my, you know, my mindset, my background, uh, and when you move, uh, they make, you make feel uh, people safe, however, and they feel that, and they are happy about that, I can tell you. Honestly, I keep a low profile to don't mix too much my 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 primary career with this, you know. Okay. No, that, that so, that's fair. I, I yeah, totally get it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I I I I, I will tell you also because I would like you to promote, but uh, maybe you know, in this <laughs> in this session. Sorry about this, folks, and you, Scott. <laughs> That's fine. Totally understood. I mean, you know, from our perspective, I understand. I mean, I still am not comfortable with telling people my street address for that very reason, (laughs) you know, but sometimes you have to. Yeah, just the basics, you know, just the basic of security reasons, but the the very basics. Okay. No problem. All right. Thank you, you, bro. Uh, Yeah, no. um, So for everybody that's listening, I want to uh, say thank you for tuning into this uh, episode of Oconus, the Contractor's Life. Uh, Remember, uh, be careful what you wish for. And uh, until the next time, everybody, keep it real. (laughs) 